the matrix one of these days i can have this perfected <laughs> you, you see our um little uh cursed um scene you know at the, at the beginning uh repeated itself halfway through so uh i don't know i paid for that so i kind of want to get my mileage out of it if you know what i mean so anyway welcome to opposing the matrix and hold on a second i gotta do this or else the people on telegram aren't going to be too happy with me have to keep everybody happy okay there i is okay good deal all right folks uh the last time we were on we were talking about bio labs and stuff like that and oh a whole bunch of stuff and um, I wanted to delve a little deeper into this because I hate leaving a subject half finished. Okay. Um, so what I put together tonight is a, um, a group of, um, videos plus a couple of, uh, uh, texts that I'm going to share with you. Um, and it's well, actually a text and a map, and it's going to prove without a doubt that the United States uh, especially the military, the army uh, is the main culprit, um, is really big on having um, bio labs all over the place, around the world, all over the place, folks. And when you see the map, you'll you'll see what I mean. Um, and I was looking for maps the other day. Um, I found several of them, but some of them were ChaiCom maps. And I am not going to use Chinese sources in order to put the, the, this show together because um, right now they're not... I don't know if they're reliable, and even if they were, or were pretending to be, they they might have a an angle that they're trying to uh, put over on us, you know. So I don't want to use their stuff. So I found another map that is actually better than the Chaicom maps, and um, so we'll be looking at that. So I think what we're going to do first is um, and look at the uh, the uh, the map and, and the other thing. Because I've got a, a document from the U.S. government that shows, I believe it's a CIA, <clears throat> um, or is it Department of Defense, I think. I think it's DOD that shows uh, we've actually been funding the labs in Ukraine. Okay. So why don't we go ahead and uh, look at this first map. And I'm hoping that. to do a little test here um windsong can you hear me now 10 15 that was uh... windsong calling windsong can you hear me now i had this problem one time before when i went into sharing screens like that and if i okay she can hear me good all right Lesson learned, no more sharing screens. Okay. Um, to um, kind of catch you up on things, folks, <laughs> um, because there was no sound during certain parts of this, um, I looked at a, um, a fact sheet um, from uh, the Department of Defense's Cooperative uh, Threat Reduction Program, Biological Threat Reduction Program Activities in Ukraine. 
went ahead to read um, the second uh, key point or bullet point, uh, part of it anyway, that said the United States through BTRP has invested approximately 200 million in Ukraine since 2005, supporting 46, yes, 46 Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and diagnostic sites. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> there you go. And the other one was a map. And if you were looking at the map, I'm, I'm assuming. Okay, good. Thank you, Winsong. You're a blessing. <clears throat> and um, and I went in and showed the map and I've every one of those points. And when I, a good thing I hovered over them. It really is a good thing I hovered over them. Um, because I got to, you got to at least read where these places are and what they're doing. Uh, there's approximately... Um, Three or four, five more in Germany, one in uh, one in Denmark that I didn't cover, and but I can right now here. Okay, Germany. We have uh, the Bernhard Nacht Institute for Tropical Medicine, and Germany the Heinrich Petta Institute in. Uh, Leibniz Institute of Experimental Virology, and also the Frederick Loeffler Institute, FLI, a Federal Research Institute of Animal Health. I think I read that one. Yeah, I think I did. Okay. And I think, uh, let's see, there's two in Belgium. KU Levelin, Riga Institute. Oh, okay, let's see. Belgium, the Institute of Tropical Medicine. Oh, I wonder if they related to the there's two in the Netherlands, the Erasmus uh, MC complex. Actually, there's three. Um, okay, the, both of those places are, uh, one's a viral clinic in the same place. All right, Netherlands, uh, Wag <laughs> I'm part Danish, I should know this. Wagenin uh, Bioveterinary Research. Okay. And let's end up here in London or England here. One, two, three, four, five, six. United Kingdom Center, Center for Emergency Technology Laboratory, um, high containment, uh, large animal facility. Number three, uh, the Francis Crick Institute Containment 4 facility. <clears throat> containment 4, that's a big bad boy. Okay. They got the, the heavy stuff in there. Um, United Kingdom Center for Infection, CFL. Um, United Kingdom National Institute for Biological Standards and Control, NIBSC. And last but not least, United Kingdom. It says unknown. Huh, that's weird. Okay, folks. So, that oh, Spain. Center for Research in Animal Health. I think I looked into that already. Okay. Let's see. Okay. We are good. Okay, so now, folks, I would like to present to you, uh, free of charge, um, Ralph Epperson. If you watch this, uh, you'll understand why I said free of charge. Um, but um, the first video we're going to watch is um, actually they're um, they're walking through a, uh, a biological uh, laboratory at a place where people were experimented on, some of them against their will um in ukraine i think it's in kiev and um so they're, they're walking through the building is utterly destroyed but um, you can see stuff laying around and 
Uh, well, they'll tell you about it, okay? So let's watch that, and then uh, we'll go from there, okay? Uh, raw footage from inside one of the captured uh, U.S. biolabs, which is now under the control of the Russian military. Building of farm biotest, a Ukrainian company, clinical and diagnostical center. In fact, they were taking tests from people, usual biochemistry of blood, all kinds of blood tests, and uh, nearby another building. So, clinical and diagnostical center here, farm biotest. Also, at the same building on the third floor, they had wards where they were doing tests on volunteers. They were testing different pills, different medi medicines that hasn't always had been through the stage of testing on animals. They received these medicines from the U.S. and from Europe. Here they were tested on people for a little amount of money. We found documents which showed that they used raw materials of uh, low quality that were not allowed to be used in other countries, or they were testing just invented uh, medicines, like, for example, medicines against coronavirus, and also different uh, drugs in forms of spray analgetics, so painkillers in forms of spray. Nearby, there is a neighboring building, which was the administrative building of farm plant farm factory. So, here there was one owner on Microhim, which is the other building. They were producing medicines. Then he becomes the shareholder of FarmBioTest, where they do testing of these medicines. So he gets this loop. He gives himself the positive uh, certificates that the medicine has been successfully through the medical testing and it can be used. What kind of medicines were they? All kinds of medicines for the heart, against viruses, antibiotics. The most important one was uh, analgetic uh, drug in the form of a spray, similar to morphine. According to the documents, of the specialists who work here, the scientists, they gave conclusions that it's not advisory to have this medicine in the form of a spray because there is immediate addiction in a person with euphoria, hallucinations, when the pain symptoms are numbed. And this is what we hear about the Ukrainian soldiers from our soldiers, that they would see Ukrainian soldiers who would walk ahead without an arm or without a leg. It might not be the result of the drugs, but also the result of the usage of this particular medicine. Also, there was uh, raw materials of low quality that was received from different countries with certificates showing that it should not be used, like aspirin, for example. But they would still use it in different pills and test it on Ukrainians who were here and uh, either allowed or not allowed it for sale. Also, they were doing experiments on contaminating pills with different bacteria that are here. Like if we have a person, we, as humans, we all have bacteria in our body. But if you get more and more and more of the same bacteria in your body, then you can get sick. 
And uh, when from the U.S. laboratory they received uh, the pr uh, medicine against coronavirus, and, uh, which didn't, which wasn't tested on animals. They started to test it on humans right here, right away. And then we had this strange outbreak of uh, coronavirus here because there were many people who would come from Ukraine, the pensioners and other people who would come here. So this migration was happening and uh, this disease was brought here. And people would come from Ukraine on the third day after they would get into hospitals with a severe case of coronavirus severe form of coronavirus, plus the vaccine that was brought here, Pfizer and AstraZeneca. We received, we found documents where the employees of these two organizations refused to be vaccinated and uh, then they were fired as a result. So they were also testing it on their own, clinical testing uh, on their own employees and uh, even there were lethal cases. We found documents confirming that. According to what the local people say, the medical conclusions that were given to them, they were not real. So when were people taking these different medicines, they did not know what exactly they were taking. There were also many documents with uh, description of severe side effects, but still they were continuing to, giving this, to be given these medicines to the people. The request is to step over it. When, uh, according to the locals, they received the order to get out of here, to re take all the employees and documents out of here. They took documents and some of the equipments and medicines. They took it out. So when Ukrainian soldiers went out of this building, they went to the neighboring houses, residential houses, and they were constantly shooting from grenade launchers into these two buildings. Also, According to the locals, they were constantly sending the coordinates for artillery strikes. And uh, in the basement of uh, this building, they found tritzel and a canister with, uh, with fuel. So they definitely wanted to blow up this building. And uh, when we were working here, then from time to time, and in the beginning actually constantly, we would find trap mines here. Like each morning we would find them and the night we would find these transponder devices after which the shelling of this building would continue again and again. Trying to destroy the place. There must have been a lot of stuff on the hard drives here, according to what I know. It's interesting, they stripped out the hard drives and even the processors from these computers. They've taken out the hard drives and even the memory and the processors for these computers. So there's absolutely no data that can be recovered. The workers, workers journal, bureau, bureau, Max. All of this is in Russian. 
живут в них небольшое количество денег было раньше далеко обеспечено и вот уже все деньги все The medicine against coronavirus was offered to people when they were sick, but they didn't know the mechanism of action of this medicine. So it was unpredictable how the disease would develop. And, uh, and they had here all the required uh, equipment for resuscitation and reanimation, which means that it didn't go so smoothly for them. Any deaths that we know about, the local people say that yes, there were little cases, there were deaths, also deaths among the employees of these institutions who took part in these tests. But the medical conclusions were that it would be a heart attack, for example, and that for a person who is 30 years of age. So it's really kind of weird and unlikely. And plus there was a huge staff rotation because people were refused to get vaccinated, so they would resign instead. And they were refused to be vaccinated with Pfizer or with AstraZeneca vaccines, so they resigned. What were the years when it was happening? It was during the whole uh, time of conflict from 2014. We found the documents dated 2015, 2016, and of course during the coronavirus uh, time when this foreign vaccine would appear here. So during the whole conflict, it was happening. Vaccination against coronavirus was happening here. It was both for just population and the employees of the place. We found documents where the employees of these organizations refused to vaccinate themselves by Pfizer or AstraZeneca, and then they were fired for that. Yeah, they had to accept the vaccine or they had to be fired. It's very interesting and uh, I think that uh, it will be very... Uh, it was very bad experience for all kind of people and people didn't know what happened with them. They tried to find some money, to have some money, uh, but they don't know that uh, it can be deadly for them. Mm -hmm. Repella virus. Yeah, yeah, look at this. So there's quite a lot of these cards that they're looking at. They found many of them. They are like blood testing cards. 
Normally, these cards were used for testing the blood of babies. Here, she says, they took a lot of blood from people to test this blood. For example, how it reacts to different medicines and all other different tests. It would cost a lot of money for the US to take so much blood. And here it was for free. And the samples were found here and they were sent directly to Kiev. So the question, why would you send it to Kiev for testing when you have the clinic here with equipment worth of so many billions? It's totally illogical. So they were looking for Slavic blood. Yes. But as tests, why do you think that was the case? Probably for the same tests, like how would such and such disease or bacteria or virus behave with this particular blood? So that they would be more efficient in the way they affect a human. Like what affects the central neural system or maybe the change of DNA or something so that people would be born with certain deficiencies. So they were not taking the blood to do something useful for Slavic people, but to harm them. Exactly. It's the card to, to collect. Yeah, I this is the cards to sem with blood samples from the volunteers. So there are spills of blood here on each card. It shows the name of the medicine that's been tested, and the name of the volunteer. Normally, this card is used to test the blood of newly born babies. But here, what they were testing it for is really unclear, because we can't read the codes. We don't know this legend. legend. They grow bacteria in here, both pathogenic and non-pathogenic bacteria. And when they get them in good quantities, in enough quantities, they can use them to contaminate either medicines or people. All this equipment is foreign, mostly the supplier of equipment in Europe or in the US. Here it says UK, US. Pharma biotest. Uh, raw footage from inside one of the captured uh, U.S. biolabs, which is now under the control of the Russian military. Truth, knowing about pathogens that I do, you know, I don't know, I'm not a patho pathogenicist or anything like that, but I don't be walking through that building with all that stuff sitting, sitting right there. All you got to do is knock over a vial and, you know, it's your toast, but... Um, and I think he was being sarcastic when he said, hey, look at the way that this stuff is stored. It's stored quite safe. <laughs> yeah. It looked like it had maybe a cork in the bottle and um, a piece of paper over the cork to hold the cork in or something. I don't know. It didn't look very safe to me. Um, but I have to correct myself. That wasn't in Kiev. It was um, Dobnesk. And uh, Dobnesk is one of the, um, the areas in, in uh, Ukraine that's uh, under contention. 
um, in Dubnex, in, in the eastern part of Ukraine, there are several, um, well, there's ethnicities that come from Russia that live there. Uh, they've lived there for generations, but they still consider themselves to be Russians. Okay. Um, and which is a lesson the United States should learn. Okay. When, when people come here, they need to become Americans and forget about the past because uh, what's happening in Dubnex can happen here. Okay, because if, when you start holding on to your your um, your ethnicity and not becoming a part of where you're moving to, um, it, it only can lead to disaster. And but anyway, um, in eastern Ukraine, uh, the whole area there is uh, is Russian ethnicity, and so the Ukrainians never liked them, and the Ukrainians uh, would pick on them all the time. That sounds like juvenile, doesn't it? Persecute them all the time. And um, you can see how they said that they would just commandeer people's houses and then fire grenades into the building trying to get it to explode. Uh, they don't have uh, amendments like uh, to their constitution like we have. The soldiers can go in any house, anytime, anytime they want to, you know, just like it was before the revolution here in the States. But um, so anyway, uh, you saw that one sign that said all residents of Dubnex can go to hell. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that was written by, uh, I don't know why it was written in English, first of all. Almost looked like it was a setup or something for to make the, the, the documentary a little more interesting. But, um, but that's, that's the attitude with Ukrainians towards the, uh, towards the ethnic Russians in eastern, eastern Ukraine. And uh, anyway, so, uh, <clears throat> wow. From time to time, folks, you hear clocks here going off, and that's because we like chime clocks. Um, and we found one not too long ago, a really good buy on one, and uh, all I needed was a key, and I ordered it and got it. Okay, uh, the next video we're going to watch is a, um, there's going to be some similar content in it, but uh, it's just going to be more evidence that um, there are, um, that there was a lot of uh, biological warfare stuff. Well, first of all, let's go back to the other one. Did you did you hear them talking about experimenting on people? And what really interested me, and I'd like to know more if, if I could ever find out more from them, is they were talking about 2014, 15, and 16, how they were experimenting on people. And then she jumps right off into that, uh, you know, oh, yes, when we were experimenting with the COVID vaccine. Now, were they experimenting with the COVID vaccine back in 2014, 15, and 16? If they were, then that's a very important element that we need to know about. Um, because that means that they had the vaccine back then and they knew the pandemic was going to happen. And, uh, and that would have given them a lot of time to make all the, all the, uh, the vials of uh, poison that they made and injected into people. Anyway, um, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. So let's... Um, yeah, let's watch this and see what, what it's all about, okay? Plus, Democrats and Republicans push for a war against Russia. Questions are being raised about the true purpose of the conflict in Ukraine. One America's Pearson Sharp has more. Another day in America and another war. There's no food on the shelves, no gas in the stations, none that you can afford at any rate. Our babies are starving, but again, that's fine. It saves Democrats the trouble of killing them. The borders 
are wide open. Criminals and gangs roam the streets. Domestic terrorists from the BLM are burning down our neighborhoods. Radical, leftist, racist nut jobs are shooting up our schools. Our money is worthless. And the experimental injections we were promised would cure the Chinese virus don't work and have been poisoning us the whole time. Sounds like it's a good time for our bloodthirsty politicians to start another war. So, of course, now Republicans and Democrats, who never agree on anything, both seem to think that we need to be fighting Russia. We can't secure our own borders, but mention Russia, and suddenly Nancy Pelosi will push through a massive spending bill in one day, with 368 to just 57 voting in favor of shoveling $40 billion of our money into the money laundering furnace in Ukraine. Anytime Democrats and Republicans agree on something, you can be sure the American people are getting screwed. Without a doubt, this is hush money, and it will disappear into the pockets of the corrupt Ukrainian politicians who are hiding all the Biden crime family's dirty little secrets, like the biolabs that don't exist and that Hunter Biden's company helped to fund. That's right. In all the tens of thousands of emails from Hunter Biden's disgusting laptop, it's been confirmed by independent cybersecurity experts that Joe Biden's son was actually financing biological laboratories in Ukraine. Russian officials claimed the labs were producing biochemical weapons at the request of the Biden crime syndicate. And Moscow warned that Biden needs to explain his son's involvement with the labs. We we can confirm that the Kyiv regime is engaged in military biological programs financed by the United States of America. It's impossible these programs were used to benefit science and peace because they were financed by the U.S. Department of Defense. The Pentagon and Joe Biden must officially explain to the global community about the programs in Ukraine. And as it turns out, the Russians were right. Hunter's firm, Rosemont Seneca, actually did invest half a million dollars in the San Francisco pathogen research company Metabiota, working in Ukraine on top of millions in additional funding Hunter secured through other firms like Goldman Sachs. Now, Metabiota is a subcontractor for the Department of Defense's engineering firm Black & Veatch. Remember that name. This is where it gets really interesting, because according to official documents uncovered by investigators at the expose, government funding records show the Department of Defense awarded $370,000 to biolabs in Ukraine for COVID-19 research in November of 2019. For anyone keeping track, that's three months before the WHO officially even named the Chinese virus COVID-19. You can see it for yourself. It's highlighted right there. November 12, 2019, SME manuscript documentation and COVID-19 research. The U.S. and Hunter Biden specifically were apparently helping to fund research into the coronavirus before it officially existed 
at the same labs that the State Department also insisted didn't exist. And which biolab received this generous donation to conduct research on the Chinese virus? Well, that would be Black and Veatch, of course, the same lab that Hunter Biden was helping to fund. And we should point out that while Hunter was on the board of the highly suspect Ukrainian gas company Burisma, he helped set up introductions to officials at the biolabs run by Metabiota. So to break it down, you have the disgraced son of the vice president of the United States hired to do favors for a corrupt Ukrainian gas company and who is also connecting that company with a bioweapons research firm doing research on the coronavirus before it was even released. All of that leads us to pose the question, and it sounds incredible, but we're serious. Is Joe Biden personally responsible for helping to create COVID-19? Maybe this isn't the China virus, after all, but the Biden virus. It's an unbelievable chain of events, but the threads are all there. The virus that helped him rig the election is now the same one he's trying to cover up with a phony war to hide the illegal biolabs he and his son have been funding in Ukraine. And we should point out, Moscow has been saying all of this from the beginning. Moscow warned the world that secret American biological warfare labs were operating in Ukraine and developing bioweapons for military purposes. We dismissed it as Russian propaganda, but the facts are starting to add up. If it's all true, then it looks like pretty good justification for an invasion of Ukraine to prevent these weapons from being used against the Russians and the rest of the world. Russia may have even had a moral obligation to fight back against the bioterrorism America is apparently conducting in Ukraine. Is it a coincidence that one of the biggest bioweapons labs in the world is located in Mariupol, which Russia just fought to liberate from the Ukrainian Nazis who are funded and trained by America? Russia is not the aggressor here. In reality, it's the United States and the Pentagon with its allies in Europe and NATO who are responsible for triggering and instigating this conflict. The critics and warmongers will call this Russian propaganda. But if you've listened to a single word of this report, you know that's not true. It may be unpopular, but all we've presented are the facts and evidence. Now you can draw your own conclusions. For One America News, I'm Pearson Sharp. For all our viewers asking where One America News is heading in the future, we would like to introduce you. Report. I, I'm going to send that to everybody I can think of. Um, because it's playing it to the point, man. I'm telling you, it's... <clears throat> This this scandal with the with the Bidens is the dirtiest thing I've ever seen or even read about in the history books. You know, it's oh my goodness. If this country does survive the Bidens, um, and we move on, we're gonna 
I don't know. We're going to have to have a national repentance or something and just, um, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, it's so dirty. It, it's like, it's like indelible ink. You know, you can wash and wash and wash and wash and it doesn't come out. And, um, and it's, unfortunately it's blood colored because it's, it's blood stained and this whole thing is blood stained and it's, it's, you know, I often say, um, comparing it to Monopoly, that when, when Biden dies, there's no chance. It's it's go to hell, go directly to hell, do not pass go, do not collect $200. You know, it's there's no way. That, that guy's, he's evil, totally evil through and through. And the rest of his family is too, his wife and his kids and everything else. And uh, the only one that might have a chance is Ashley. But uh, I don't know. So, all right, I'm going to do a little home or housekeeping cleaning here, folks. I'm going to get rid of a couple of things so that I can, <clears throat> so that I don't play something over again. Okay. I would hate to do that. So let's see, we go here, remove. All right. Okay. So what do we have here? Okay. So we have another one here. I, I completely forgot what this video is about. So let, let's check it out and see. Okay. After the Russians secured Pentagon-run biolabs in Ukraine, the U.S. Embassy was caught deleting proof of this from their website. And when the Russians shared documents showing the Ukrainian Minister of Health ordering employees of these biolabs to destroy all deadly pathogens, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio asked the U.S. State Department if there was any truth to this. Undersecretary Victoria Newland not only confirmed the presence of the labs, but confirmed that they contain weaponized biological agents that they now fear the Russians will indiscriminately use to start a world war. The Pentagon calls them bio-research labs and containment labs and claim their clandestine operation is all somehow in self-defense but they are admittedly creating and storing weaponized biological material. And so these biolabs are in violation of Article 1 of the Prohibition on Biological Weapons. During the past couple years, citizens of the world have been getting an advanced education on bioweapons. And the very same crooks we see foisting the Great Reset medical tyranny are involved in the Ukrainian bioweapons labs. This is all being paid for with tax dollars through the Pentagon's Defense Threat Reduction Agency, the DTRA. U.S. company Black & Veatch has been working closely with the DTRA building bioweapons labs since 2003. Black & Veatch share an office in Kiev with Metabiota, who signed an $18.4 million contract with Black & Veatch in 2014. Metabiota got their start in 2015 with funding from Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, who gave Metabiota $30 million to help protect the world from the spread of epidemics. This is the very same Rosemont Seneca that was mysteriously wired $3.5 million from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. 
and the very same Metabiota partnered with Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance, the group that Dr. Fauci used to funnel money to the Wuhan lab for gain-of-function research in 2014. In 2014, Metabiota, EcoHealth Alliance, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology were together researching infectious diseases deriving from Chinese bats. Metabiota is working with known CIA front InQtel. It is funded by the U.S. Department of Defense, the NIH, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Google, and the National Geographic Society. Metabiota's founder, Nathan Wolf, sits on the board of EcoHealth Alliance and is a member of DARPA's Defense Science Research Council. In 2012, he wrote a book titled The Viral Storm, The Dawn of a New Pandemic Age, wherein he thanked his friends, pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and biotech venture capitalist Boris Nikolic. Boris Nikolic was named Jeffrey Epstein's successor executor upon his death. Wolf has also been seen hanging out with Ghislaine Maxwell on multiple occasions. He is also one of Klaus Schwab's young global leaders, trained on how to enact the Great Reset Agenda being directed by the World Economic Forum. Russia claims the Pentagon has over 30 biolabs in the Ukraine alone. China claims they are operating 336 biolabs in 30 different countries. And now, members of our corrupt U.S. government are saying this is all a Russian conspiracy and that we should soon expect a false flag attack from Russia. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100 percent it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
Speed reading lesson, folks. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna have to conduct an experiment here because, yeah, I don't know if this, uh, what, yeah. Okay. Watch that again. Okay, down to the last video, folks. Okay, uh, so let's uh, go ahead and do this. Let's see. Again, I can't hear you. That's probably because I was playing video. Okay. All right. So let's look at this here. Um, there is something that is of a critical nature that we all need to be aware of. And this is similar to back in February of 2020. I feel like it's almost a deja vu because that's when I first started talking about this and the rest ended up, unfortunately, I wish I'd been wrong, but most of it 
has transpired since then. And the question that I was always asked is, what do you think about this second wave that they're talking about? Do you think that there'll be a second wave? And I said, of course, there's going to be a second wave, but it's not going to be from the virus. It's going to be from the vaccine-induced injury, uh, which will be compounded by the fear that they've created, which will be further compounded by the introduction of new technology, i.e. the 5G, which some people were saying is going to cause COVID. Of course, it's not going to cause COVID, but the science is clear that it causes a disruption in the voltage-gated calcium channels, causing a permeability to many different pathogens, especially enveloped viruses, of which coronavirus is one of those types, but for any type of pathogen. So this was what the concern was back then. And of course, we've seen that that happened, and then the multiple waves that came out. Well, now there's something that is going to be taking place, and, and I've had multiple confirmations of this and actually uh, heard a video and talked to one of the parties that had put that video out. And to say the least, it's disturbing, but I'm going to go ahead and just read this to you. And um, some of you may have already about heard about this. So essentially what appears to be coming down the pipeline is that what has been introduced within the vaccines as we know them, the COVID vaccines, regardless of the type, they have introduced into individuals through these vaccines and the subsequent boosters other components. We have all heard of some of these components. There's talk about the nanotechnology. There's, of course, the spike protein. There are all these different things that are that have been found. There's been the uh, the graphene oxide, graphene hydroxide. There's been all sorts of different things that have been found within these vaccines, and still things that we haven't discovered. I know that about a year ago they found. Roundup, okay, that's glyphosate. That's a weed killer in the vaccines. Now, what are, what is a Roundup, a weed killer, doing inside of vaccines? We don't understand that, but obviously there's all sorts of things that are being found that shouldn't be in the vaccines. But this portion that I'm going to talk about now is something that has been I guess the word, the right word would be, I had suspicions that they're introducing something into the vaccines that are designed to cause a detrimental effect at a time when they want the detrimental effect to take place. Meaning that it's almost like a, a sleeper cell within your own body. It's there, you don't know it's there, there's no effect from it, but then it can be called upon or triggered based upon any type of signal or chemical or maybe too inert, relatively innocuous ingredients, but when they come together, they cause something to happen, and that would be the trigger, if you will, that would cause the sleeper cells within your body to awaken. Now, I've felt that for a, for a long time, in fact, even before COVID, that there were things that were being introduced into our bodies that shouldn't be introduced into our bodies. But now we have confirmation of this, and I'm going to go specifically and talk to you about what is actually in there. So essentially, uh, now from two different sources, we have confirmation 
and I've talked to one of those sources myself, that there's something within the vaccines that is being considered as a bioweapon, which is, again, not a new term, but that this particular component within the vaccines, it's almost like a payload. Now, think of a payload. What, is it, what does that mean, a payload? A payload is like when there's a detonation, you have a truck or a trailer, and it's got a bunch of dynamite or explosives on it. So they call it a payload. It's designed to deliver a, a massive eruption or detonation. So they call it a payload because it's not a, 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 it wouldn't be like a normal um, onslaught. It would be like a massive onslaught. And so there's going to be a payload with some type of pathogen that will be activated by a, sequ a sequence of 5G bursts. And these will be basically off of six, uh, 16 to 18 gigahertz frequency. And it will be essentially three bursts that will be sequential and last a minute. And those will be designed, that those bursts will actually create a signal that will release this payload that is within the hydrogel component of the vaccines. So what exactly is in there? There's supposed to be three pathogens. And these three pathogens are, um, I'm not 100% sure what these pathogens are, but one of them is what they call the Marburg virus, which is essentially a pathogen that mimics the hemorrhagic fever, that creates a hemorrhagic fever uh, component. It's, it's similar to that. And according to, if you look that up, it says that there's a 22, I think it's a 22% to up to a 90% mortality and Google says it's an 88% mortality, meaning that out of every 100 people that get it, 88% or 88 out of 100 will die. Now, that's designed to justify once, once that release has taken place, once that signal, that signal from the 5G towers signals this release, let me take that back. It's a sequence of three bursts that lasts a minute long, and it's using the 18 gigahertz frequency, or maybe it's the 16 gigahertz frequency. I, I don't know specifically yet which one, but that's it's between 16 and 18. It will cause the hydrogel to release this payload of a virus or viral load. And they are supposed to be three different types. I don't know all the three different types, as I mentioned, but Marburg is supposed to be one of those. When that happens, then everybody that's had the vaccine and these boosters will have this Marburg virus released. And again, we know that 22 to up to 90% mortality rate, but that's when somebody encounters it, you know, in, in a natural way, if you will. Whether When it's inside your body already introduced and now released within your body, it's probably going to be 100% mortality rate, meaning that everybody that has it, it's going to be triggered and it's going to be released. And when that happens, Yes, obviously, these people are going to die. And so we're talking, you know, not hundreds of thousands. We're talking about millions and millions of people worldwide. They're going to have this effect. But what's even more concerning than that, and, and what could be more concerning than that, guys, remember, everybody had a choice. Some people chose to take this. People ran for it. And I can't, um, I can't say that I'm... I can't say that I'm disappointed because when you've talked as much as I have about this issue and try to warn as many people as I've tried to warn, and they still do it, at, the, at a certain point you say, you know, there's only so much I can do, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and 
have tears that are being shed because people were not smart enough to use their own brains and look at the science, and instead they just jumped on the bandwagon and believed the BS that was that was being you know fed to them. Because at that point, you know, people have to be responsible for themselves, right? You you reap the rewards and you pay the consequences of your actions, and so this is something that. I've been like most of you know this, and many of you have been talking about this just as long as I've been talking about it over two years at this point. And I can't feel sorry for those people. Now, of course, there may be some people that were forced to do it, but even then, the warnings were out there when people would say to me, Oh, what, what am I supposed to do? I have to do this. You know, it's my job. I, and if I don't do it, then I'm going to get fired. It's your life. You're telling me that having a job is more important than your life? So you're going to go ahead and do that job? and then take the shot because you're saying, well, I'm being forced to do it and I got to do it for my job. My God, I'd rather, you know, well, I've had people tell me, well, what am I supposed to do? I, I, I'd end up homeless. Well, guess what? At least you're alive. Homeless and alive versus the shot and being dead in the next six months to two years. I don't think there's much of a choice there. I think, you know, how can you even say that? Oh, well, they're forcing me to. What do you, how, unless they tied you down and put a gun to your head and said, you know, take the shot or else I'm going to blow your head off. That's the only way you could say force. And I would say to blow my head off. I wouldn't take the vaccine. That just, that's just me, though. The point that I'm making is I, I can't get upset or sad uh, at this juncture anymore about the people that have had the vaccine. But here's what the, the, the real issue is. So, yes, millions of lives will be lost. And, yes, it's disappointing. And, yes, it's saddening. And, yes, it is what it is. There's nothing that I can do to, to change that, and we've tried, tried, done everything that I could, and many of you have done the same thing, and many other doctors and researchers and scientists have tried to do the same thing. But what's the most concerning beyond that, because, again, these people took that, you know, they chose that. They, they took that option. The most egregious thing is that those massive numbers of death will then cause a sequence of events to start, and once these cells burst and release the Marburg epidemic, then the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization will assume a control because there's massive amounts of death taking place. And that's where that massive danger lies because if they can now justify, oh my God, there's massive hemorrhagic fever and they're going to take it to the next level to scare more people, to force more people to get vaccinated, you're going to have all those people dying and they're going to try to justify force, force, uh, forcing individuals to get the vaccine. And that's where the real danger is. So... I don't know when this is going to happen. Um, I think that the, I think it's going to be sometime this year. We're already um, approaching the second half of the second quarter. Now um, we're in another 15 days. We'll be in the second half of the second quarter. So as of July 1st, we'll be in the third quarter. So it's more than concerning, obviously. Um, So the, the question is, what can be done, and when is this going to happen? So, as I said, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I would assume that's going to be sooner rather than later, only because they're really, really losing control. They're really losing control because more and more people realize the BS that's about, that's going on about us, uh, you know, around us. And with the recent strike down of the face mask mandate on planes and transportation, here in the United States, they are even more, I think, frenzied and panicked. 
And yes, they've still got a lot of control. There's only about five, six, seven hundred people that are controlling this entire narrative. And then the rest of the people that are following along, they don't know any different. They're just peons and they're following orders and they've been bought out or they've been, um, you know, bribed or they could have been coerced or manipulated or threatened. But I think not. I think it's probably more they've been bought out. And this is many of the um, medical research scientific community and many of the politicians and decision makers and leaders of countries and I, I really don't think they know what the full implications are I think some of them may but most of them probably don't so when is this going to happen I think it's going to happen probably uh, sooner than later sometime this year and what can be done about it what can be done about it so for those people that let's talk about the people that haven't gotten a vaccine or a booster I believe for us, we are safe. We're safe from the hemorrhagic fever. We're safe from the uh, fallout from this, if you will. However, if this is going to become that virulent, you know, you could pick up hemorrhagic fever from somebody else around you. But if your immune system is intact, you should be, I, uh, I would be confident that if your immune system is intact, you don't have anything to worry about because you don't have that massive payload that's being introduced into your body. But for the people that have had the vaccine, what can be done? Is, that, is there anything about that? And I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that there is something that we had anecdotal evidence and we've been working on this for the last two weeks to see. And I've been looking at the research and looking at a lot of the older medical journals and Again, I don't have any conclusive proof of this, but I also don't want to talk it out openly uh, only because I think that this is all being listened to. <coughs> In fact, I know it's being listened to. It's not that I'm concerned whether it's being, whether the message is being listened to or not from the powers that be. It's that if I don't have a large enough venue to, to say it, it could be stifled. That message could get stifled. So I want to release it at the Advanced Medicine Conference when we know that there'll be a few thousand people in the room and there'll be a few thousand people listening, hopefully many thousand people listening live, because once that we release it, then everybody will have access to this inf information. I will tell you that it's going to be highly controversial, and I will tell you that it's not going to be a treatment that you have to resort to worrying about, you know, where you can get it, because it's, it's readily accessible. What's interesting is that today I saw a report, and I don't know how old this report is, but it was sent to me by one of my um, previous patients, and it was very interesting because uh, it talked about how the, uh, let's see here, I'll just read it to you. It's talking about how ivermectin, let's see, where did it go? Could have sworn, oh, here it is. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Let me just find this here. I, I thought it was on a certain sequence. Uh, so it's basically the federal, there was a federal panel that was put together that recommends, a federal panel recommends against using ivermectin to treat COVID-19 for the first time. Right? This is, this is the first time this happened, that they've actually come out officially and said that ivermectin uh, should not be used uh, for the treatment of COVID-19. Whereas, in fact, in Japan, if you go back and you look at the, some of the things that have happened in Japan, 
Japan is very, very conservative when it comes to making any type of medical uh, recommendations. And Japan came out and recommended to all doctors to use ivermectin to treat COVID. So it's very interesting how we see these, um, you know, this, this juxtaposing of medical opinions being given, whereas, in fact, the, the science is very clear, right? Um, ivermectin is one of the safest drugs on the planet. It's the most, one of the most researched drugs, if not the most researched drug uh, on the planet. It is extremely inexpensive. Uh, the people that developed it won the Nobel Peace Prize, and it's been used throughout, you know, decades now for, for anti, for, for as a par anti-parasitic. And it's been used in all the different countries, and you can get it over the counter from feed stores and such. And uh, when I was first asked about ivermectin, you know, I said I have a lot of experience with ivermectin in all sorts of animals, dogs, cats, zebra, camels, uh, eland, black buck, yaks, cows, every type of animal you can imagine I have experience with ivermectin. I don't have experience with ivermectin with humans, um, but as far as with animals, I've been using it for probably 15 years or more. And uh, so... It's a very, very safe drug. I've used it intramuscularly. I've used it subcutaneously. I've used it transdermally, you know, uh, many, many different parenteral forms, as well as, of course, oral. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very safe, uh, safe drug. So they're coming out and saying that you can't, you know, you shouldn't use ivermectin, and yet other countries have already said that it's very safe to use. And we know how safe the drug is. You know, but don't use a drug that's cheap, that's readily available, that has a massive safety profile that has been you know, extensively published with over 10,000 different studies have been published about it. Don't use that, but use an experimental vaccine that was developed a year or two ago that has all sorts of problems with it that has had the FDA say that they're not going to release the information in a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit that was filed, then finally said that they needed 70, I think it was 74 years they needed, or 70-some years they needed to release the data, even though it only took them one year to develop the drug and release it to the market, but to relieve the safety, to release the safety data to the public, they needed 70-some years, which, of course, the thank God the federal judge that was listening to that suit said, uh-uh, you got eight months to release that information. But at the time, you know, 70 years, if you have a newborn child that's getting the vaccine in 70 years, up to 75 years, whatever it is, that person is going to be 75 years old, assuming that they're going to survive the, the vaccination uh, damage. So th this, is, this is how ludicrous it is. And no matter when people say, oh, trust the science, well, forget, forget about the science for a second. You know, trust your common sense. The science is settled, but people using that stupid slogan, it's like evidence-based medicine. Evidence-based medicine has nothing to do with based on the evidence. Evidence-based means based on the evidence, but the way they use evidence-based medicine is nothing, it's everything but based on the evidence. It's all, their definition of evidence-based medicine is double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-center trial. Well, remember this about a double-blinded, you know, multi-centered placebo-controlled trial is that it's designed to accumulate facts, okay, which there's no doubt about, there's no argument there from me. It, it does collect a lot of facts. But to call that science, to call an accumulation of facts and label it as science, is like taking a bunch of bricks and calling that a building. Yes, a building is made of bricks, just like science is made of facts. I agree with that. But you can't take a bunch of bricks and throw them there and call that a house. That's, like, that's, that's what they're doing. They're taking a bunch of facts, like bricks, 
throwing them together and then calling that science. That's like taking a bunch of bricks, throwing it together and calling that a building. No. You got to lay the buildings the right way. You got to use that, create a foundation, and then you use that building, uh, the, the, the bricks to build the building up. And that's what facts are used to build science. You don't just throw them together in a pile and then call it science because that's not science. Okay, but that's what they call, they accumulate a bunch of facts and call that science, and that's the definition of evidence-based medicine. So it's this hijacking of terminology and, and the articulation of that, that technology is now bastardized and they manipulate it. And that's exactly what they're going to be doing now. <coughs> this is what they've already done. So saying, taking drugs like ivermectin that are safe and that have extensive profiles and then saying not to use that, but then saying taking experimental drugs i.e. these vaccines that have caused all sorts of uh, problems. And, you know, we're finding out all these components that are in there that they haven't divulged. They haven't given informed consent. They haven't told people that this stuff, you know, changes your DNA. Even saying things like, well, no, of course it doesn't change your DNA. That's what messenger RNA does. Its job of messenger RNA naturally is to rewrite and repair DNA. So you're rewriting your DNA. And now all the other components that have been found, the nanotechnologies, the metal particulate, when people have the magnet aspect going on, all the side effects that people have experienced, all these other ingredients that people are finding, the graphene oxide and all, all these other things that have been found, the, the, the glyphosates and all these things. And now discovering that there's a payload of pathogens that's been introduced into the body, like a sleeper cell, waiting to, for it to be triggered by an electromagnetic pulse at 18, 16 to 18 gigahertz 5G signal. That'll be one minute duration, a sequence of three pulses that'll cause a hydrogel to release this payload. And that that individual, those individuals that have already had, and they're walking around with this payload of pathogens in the system, it'll erupt, release, and they're a certain, it's, a, it's, it's basically a certain death. But then they're gonna use those millions of people dying to justify the World Health Organization and the CDC to take over and, you know, impart martial law, whatever they're going to try to do to take control of everybody. That's what they're going to do. It's another false flag type event. So I just wanted to make sure that I get this out to you guys. Um, again, my audience isn't like the millions that were seeing me on YouTube and Facebook before they took me down. But this video is going to go on um, my Rumble channel. And I would ask for you guys to find that channel and tell people to go there so they can hear this firsthand. Um, there is something really that... Was interesting, wasn't it? I hope that didn't cause anybody anxiety. Um, because there's a lot of heavy stuff in there. But um, because of what happened in these labs and what the DOD has allowed to happen, because the DOD is implicated in this, this man has to get on there and tell people stuff that they don't want to hear frankly i don't want to hear it either but you know it's uh, information is knowledge and if there's a chance that you know people can cleanse their bodies somehow I and mean, that's cool but um anyway um where do we go from here <laughs> um anyway folks it's um it's quite clear that the United States government, uh, AKA the uh, military, uh, the Pentagon, you might want to put it, um, has been implicit with um, funding these labs and maybe giving them orders about what to create and what not to create and, uh, and things like that. And um, it's a shame that money speaks 
as loud as it does because I'm sure the motivation for doing a lot of this is the cashola, you know, and um, it's just a shame that people will sell their their human race out <laughs> for, you know, for money. And I don't know if you remember. <sighs> okay. I don't. Okay, she can hear me now. Um, I don't know if you remember, there was um, an episode of, uh, what was it? Twilight Zone, I think. And there was a guy that loved to read, and he worked in a bank. And uh, every chance he got at home or at work during his breaks, he was reading a book. And um, and he was tired of getting people, and his boss was nagging him, you know, you need to work harder. The wife was nagging him, you know, you need to... I shouldn't say nagging. It was, you know, what they were doing was productive, but, um, and he just wished that everybody would go away. Well, he decides to go into a vault one day and, um, closes the door behind him so he can read. And, uh, there's a nuclear war and everybody's destroyed except for him. And, um, he's so happy. And I'm, I'm equating this because these people, they, they want to off so many of us and so that they can have a world where, you know, they can do what they want to. They can practice their hedonistic little practices and um, and not have uh, a bunch of Christians running around saying you shouldn't do that because that's not a good thing to do. You know, God doesn't like that. Um, but is it really going to pay off in the long run? Now, for the guy that was in the vault and uh, because he liked to read and everything, what happened was um, when he came out, Oh man, he had all these books and I kind of was envious because I like, I like books too. And anyway, he, um, he goes to sit down and somehow he, his glasses fall off and they break. Well, they were really thick glasses. And back in that day, you know, you just couldn't go pick up glasses, especially reading, reading or any kind of glasses because they were made out of real glass and a lens grinder had to make them and everything else. This is, you know, talking about the fifties here, early sixties. And, um, and so he just he just went mad after that because, you know, his everything was going to be difficult for him and he would, probably wouldn't survive. So, um, you know, I would rather have a world that's overpopulated with people and then, then have a world that's got just a few people in it. Um, because if you make enemies of a few people, then and that's all there is, then uh, that's all you have all the rest of your life is enemies. But um or even if you make friends, uh, friendships don't always last that long, you know. Uh, however, if you got, you know, billions of people out there and everybody running around, uh, you know, you run into new people every day and everything. And um, it's refreshing. It's it's nice to know that uh, God's earth is, is continually replenishing its, well, I shouldn't say, people are replenishing themselves and, um, and, and obeying one of God's commands, actually, but. Um, anyway, it's, um, it's undeniable now that the, uh, the military has been implicit in, um, in our, in our destruction because I, till my dying day, I'm going to, I'm going to shout that. I think that the, um, the, uh, the virus, uh, they call it a virus or whatever it is, the, um, COVID-19, um, didn't come from China. It might've come from affected the Chinese one might have affected the eastern part of the world but 
I think the the part that got Europe and came to the states and South America and stuff, I think that came out of uh, out of Ukraine. So I can't prove it, but that's what I believe, and I can still believe what I want to believe these days. Um, man, uh, Windsong has been real active here. She's been helping me out a lot because uh, there were some times when she couldn't hear me and. Um, Oh, I know part of it is there's this, there's a delay. There's a delay from when I talk and then she hears me. So, or when anybody hears me, um, it's horrible when the inventions and discoveries are made. Mankind often misuses the new knowledge. Power often corrupts. It. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Thank you. That's so true. Winsong. Um, you know, everything that we have, fire is a good thing because you can cook with fire. You can heat yourself with fire, but then it can become a weapon. Uh, nuclear energy can power a house, power a city. It can, um, it can do so much, but it can also, <laughs> you can also make bombs with nuclear fission. Um, you name it, um, toasters, you know, toasters, a wonderful invention, but if, um, a wife or a husband doesn't like their spouse and they throw it plugged in into a bathtub. It's not a good thing, right? Um, so anything that's meant for good, mankind can mean it for bad. So yeah, very true. And you're right. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, well, folks, I'm going to hit it. Um, again, we, again, tonight we proved that the uh, military is involved in, uh, American military is involved in funding these labs and that, uh, there are scores of them throughout the uh, 30 or more in, in Ukraine and then um, all the ones we looked at um, around the world and um, and all funded by the United States government in one way or another. So um, I don't know. Talk about shooting ourselves in the foot, right? And um, this, like the sign that's on the end of the edge of the highway, your tax dollars at work, you know. I think that's what upsets me the most. They're taking the money that I'm giving to them or they're extorting out of me, basically. And they're taking it and they're using it against me <laughs> and against you. So, but that, you know, when all things are said and done and and I was reading what, um, what Winsong says, airplanes were originally good, then they turned into a weapon. Yeah, that's right. But the, the thing that is is ultimate and true is that someday this world's going to pass away and Yeshua's going to make a brand new heaven and earth. And before that, we're going to have a thousand years of peace, except for one little skirmish at the end of that thousand years. That's going to be put down real quick. But um, so it's, uh, we've only got good things to look forward to. Yeah, there's going to be heartache and there's going to be trouble while we're going getting to that point. But um like the scripture says, those who call on the name of the Lord or those who kill on the name of Yahweh will be saved. So if you don't know him, call on him because things are getting worse every day. And it'd be nice to, to know that you're in heaven with us. I uh, don't know you, but uh, I'll get to know you. I've got millions of years to do that. So, uh, well, the equivalent of millions of years, there's no time or space in heaven. But um, Anyway, folks, I'm going to hit it. I'm getting tired, and I've got a lot of work to do to get this show up and going. So, Winsong, God bless you, too. Thank you. Uh, she says, um, God bless our listeners, too. So, God bless you, too, well, Winsong. We, we, 
we love you and that the fact that you were here was just a blessing tonight um so folks i'm gonna hit it uh, may the lord bless you and keep you may he make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you may he watch your going out you're coming in you're rising up and you're lying down may he give you the peace that passes all understanding and may he bless you in ways that you never thought possible and if you don't know him may he draw you to his son yeshua hamashiach also known as jesus christ okay okay good night folks